0: The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, here for whew, what was supposed to be a Wednesday Q&A. Second week in a row where I had to do this, where I had to release it on a Thursday. But you know I always deliver the goods sooner or later, and so here it is. Uh, I'll tell you, the reason that this is late is because I just got back from Boston, of all places. Uh, not a terrible place on planet Earth, but, uh, you know, it doesn't exactly top my list. Um no offense to anybody that lives in Boston, of course. And well, I am going to be due. In fact, tomorrow, that would be Friday. Um, I am record. So let's see, what is the date? Today's the 26th, right? Today is October 26, 2017 on October 27th, 2017. I will record a recap of a event, um, that I was at, uh, and I'll admit I'm a little reticent to mention the name. Well, no, I, I already said where I went on on the on Sovereign Tech Prime episode. So I went to the Monage conference and it was a three day event. Uh, I ended up kind of being four days for me. I will be talking about it, giving a full breakdown of it in a uh, special tomorrow uh, that I will record. And I will definitely be recording it tomorrow because I want to get this information out there because I oh boy, do I have a whole hell of a lot to say about this. Because uh, it was a conference that was about blockchain, AI, chatbots, the future. It's all about the future. We're building the future here. And uh, maybe you can get my sense of how I felt about all this due to my sarcastic tone. But regardless, I'll get into that uh, tomorrow. So it's great to be home. It's, it feels really good to be home. feels really good to be back. But there was a couple days there where I wasn't with the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, and I can't fucking handle that. Uh, so it was really nice to have her back uh, and, and, and to now to be back with her. Uh, and to, uh, to be back home and be in the, the BDSM studios, Brian's dungeon of sex and magic. Woo. Um, so, all right, let's get into this week's questions for the Wednesday Q and a, got a couple of interesting ones. And I don't know, there's two that I've wanted to get to. There's the one of, there's the one about tech being necromancy. And then there's another one about the hard or the, the, the hard sell on uh, Linux and open source. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to those two. Uh, there are a couple I definitely want to get to in this one. One that I, I actually I put off way longer than those two uh, that I want to make sure I get into. And then we've got another interesting one about a potential... Uh, and Cap Paradise that's being built. Well, we'll save that for a minute, but, uh, but all right, let, like I said, let's just get into the questions. Let's, let's make this happen. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be having, I mean, there's going to be rapid fire content at, you know, coming the end of October here we're going to have the, you know, I'll do my star Wars update. I'm going to do my Star Trek update, which I have a lot of interesting things I want to share, particularly with that one. Um, got a ton of stuff to come out over just the very last few days of October because I like to guarantee certain things to you. So what I can, anyway. Um, all right. Now here is uh, let's 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 read this question here. Uh, this is a nice little tech question. I have long, long known I should get away from Gmail. I just haven't done it yet. I may be ready to finally do so. Um, I would like to find me, find a me provider. That's well, sorry. Find me a provider. I think is what they meant. Uh, one that can be reasonably expected to be around a long time will offer multiple email addresses, privacy centric, preferably inexpensive. I know you have talked about this in the past, but I can't remember what you recommended. Okay. Okay. So here, here's the score. So If you want something that's privacy centric, I don't know that it allows for multiple email addresses. We've got some options that we'll cover here. Um, Now, my go to my, you know, kind of the the main email address that I recommend here. Here's the setup that I recommend, but I'm going to tell you about a few others as well. Okay, Um, the main one I recommend to people isn't Gmail, isn't Microsoft's Outlook, unless Outlook is is something to consider if you are really, really stuck in the Microsoft ecosystem. If you're really in the Microsoft ecosystem, admittedly, it's not exactly like Outlook.com or if you get the premium Outlook, uh, which I, I do use uh, for varying reasons. Um, like the premium Outlook particularly offers a lot of really, really great features for, I think you pay 20 or, well, I got on it. I, I got, I was like a beta tester. I got in on it early. Um, and so I think I only have to pay 20 a year, but you can pay 40 a year for it. But I mean, it comes with a ton of features. It has Boomerang built into it. It has all these different extensions that you don't have to use, you know, Outlook, the mail software, because that that's, in my opinion, that shit, even though Microsoft's trying to clean it up. Um, I mean, that's out there and that allows you to have aliases and all that. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's privacy centric. I mean, we are talking about Microsoft here, uh, <laughs> you know, which I don't generally like to do in a, uh, you know, in a, um, a shining light, shall we say. Uh, so there's that. If, if you're again, if you're tied into Microsoft's ecosystem, if you know you're going to be using Windows 10 for life or something like that, I mean, then, yeah. You know, I don't think Outlook is, is such a is such a terrible option, but that's generally not what I recommend. Obviously, I don't recommend Yahoo Mail. I mean, holy fuck. They finally admitted that actually, apparently, you know, there's that huge crack that apparent that happened in 2013. Now we find out, you know, that, that it was like two billion users. Now we found out it was actually every Yahoo user that their email got cracked every single one of them. Um, so fuck Yahoo. Uh, the main one that I recommend is GMX, but there's caveats with this. Okay. And it's gmx.com. Um, GMX gives you unlimited storage, just like Gmail effectively does. And just like, you know, Outlook does like, like any of the big mail providers do. Uh, it has a web client, you know, the, the website for GMX mail is, it's gotten really flooded with, with ads, quite frankly, uh, because again, it's a completely free mail service. And I mean, it's offering unlimited, uh, uh, email storage. So how the hell are they paying that? Usually you don't pay any kind of premium fee for GMX. There might be a premium plan that I'm not aware of that you could pay for. If there is, I doubt it costs much. Uh, anyway, I recommend GMX. Now here's the rub. Okay. Here's the thing. First off, if the online interface sucks for you, um, you know, you could just plug it into Thunderbird, right? You know, you you could you could download Mozilla Thunderbird or whatever your favorite mail client that you happen to use. Maybe if it's on mobile, if you're using canine mail or something like that, Uh, you could just plug it into that. That solves the problem of holy shit, like there's way too many ads on here because I don't even know necessarily that an ad blocker like will will really solve everything that's getting schlepped on you on, on GMX. Okay, now. You don't want to. GMX gives you a lot of options of what your last, like what your, say your, say your email address is, um, I don't know, guyver1 at gmx.com. That at gmx.com can be a bunch of different things with, uh, Uh, with GMX. It doesn't have to be GMX.com. Here's kind of my concern. Now, one of the reasons that years ago I started recommending GMX, first off, is because it's full-featured, including offering unlimited email addresses and aliases and all that. Uh, But the main reason was that its servers were based out of Europe and not the U.S. It's not a U.S. company. It's actually a German company. And that, that is at certain points, no longer true. They do have servers in Kansas, I think now. And I think as long as you stay away from their GMX.us domain, um, I think your mail still, and I I can't confirm this a hundred percent anyway, that, you know, your mail still gets, gets stored in Europe. Now, I mean, you could say that this is, you know, kind of pointless. Like if the NSA is coming after you, it doesn't matter where the fuck your server is. They're going to get you. Yep. That's true. But again, this is about making things private and making things just a little more expensive or whatever, you know, trying to create as many hard lines as you can and, uh, and hard times as you can for be it your run of the mill independent hacker or nation state actors or whatever the hell it might be, you know, that you're concerned about. So GMX is what I recommend for that. And also GMX doesn't have any kind of like real name policy or anything remotely like that, which is also very handy. Um, so GMX.com, that's the main one that I've recommended to people over the years. Um, and the other nice thing is that uh, Mailvelope, which is the PGP uh, you know, email, PGP encryption extension that's that they have for Firefox. They also have it for uh for Chrome, of course that works with GMX, which a few years ago, pretty much Yahoo, Google Outlook and GMX were the only uh, online mail clients that uh, browser based clients that uh, that Mailvelope work with. Now it works with a bunch more, I think. But that's that's certainly one, um, you know, that that GMX is my is my general go to, uh, especially if you're not like, Maybe the most technically minded, which I mean, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you kind of are. But uh, regardless, that that's that's one of the ones that I recommend. Now, let's talk about some of the other ones here. Okay, Uh, another one is called and this is one I used to use for years. In fact, before GMX, this is the main one that I would use. Uh, And it's called Hushmail and it's uh, Hushmail.com is the website to to use that. Uh, they have gotten better over the years, but they're not really privacy centric. The only thing and, and they actually don't offer unlimited. Last time I knew Hushmail does not offer unlimited mail storage or anything like that. The beauty of Hushmail was that it asks for practically no information about you. To make an email account, uh, they do have a very nice app for iOS. They don't have one for Android. But just like most uh, mail carriers, or, you know, mail services, you can easily plug them into say like canine mail or something like that. So hush mail is an interesting one just because of how little it collects. It does do varying degrees of encryption, but it's not like it offers you PGP out of the gate, even though you can easily set up PGP, uh, you know, PGP encryption either with, you know, uh, th- with Thunderbird, you know, using a NIG mail, or if you have an Android phone, you can use, um, Uh, open keychain in concert with canine mail. And then Hushmail would be very nice for you. Uh, So Hushmail is, is certainly one of those, one of those other options out there, even though it's not as nowhere near as full featured as GMX and its privacy features aren't exactly, you know, really, really top drawer. Um, Another one that's getting a lot of press. I covered it as well. When it came back is Ladar Levison's uh return to the email business with Lavabit which is at lavabit.com. Now here's the thing, you can you can pay for Lavabit and they you know the the website, the web client that you use uh is supposed to be encrypted and all this. I I signed up for this when they announced it. And it was like 15 bucks in bitcoin at the time, which who knows what that's worth now. Anyway, I this has been You know, what what they've done is they sent out an email a couple months, maybe a month or two ago where they said that, okay you can, you know, you can plug in your LavaBit email address into your, you know, your favorite email client like Thunderbird or Outlook or something like that. If anybody says Outlook's their favorite email client, you know, the software, not not the web client. Uh, I, boy, (laughs) I gotta wonder where your head's at anyway. Uh, you know, they said you could do that and I did that. I plugged it into things and, and I got very, like there's points where I couldn't receive, couldn't send. It was very odd. Their web client, as far as I know is still not up. I mean, I, I'm a little sketched out, I laugh a bit. my guess is what's happening, and I don't know and I need to and, and I'll say it on patreon. I'm not gonna say it on the main show until I would actually find out about this. My guess is is that they didn't make as much money as they hoped to on the pre-sale because this should have been done like I forget when I first talked about this I feel like it had to have been a year ago uh you know if it's gonna take you a year out to release your product, holy fuck don't don't go asking for money yet I mean. Th- well, this gets into a much bigger problem, but I, I mean, I, I, I really think Ladar Levinson's a hero. I'm just, I'm concerned about Lavabit. Like I, I don't understand what the fuck is going on with that. Uh, so Lavabit, I'm not going to necessarily recommend that though. If, if it were fully functional, it would be, it would probably be my go-to, you know, it's, it's definitely the one I would recommend. Um, another one is, and really most of the ones that I'm recommending now do not offer unlimited aliases. Really GMX is the main one that allows for that. Or if you really, you know, again, if you're, if you're falling into the Microsoft ecosystem, you know, outlook.com, uh, you know, does, does a great job of aliases as well. You know, multiple email addresses under, under one account. Um, the other options of course are proton mail, uh, which does not allow for, um, it does not. Allow, I don't believe it allows for aliases. If if it does, that's that's a new feature on its part. Uh, the other one that um, in that vein, which Proton Mail is, I mean, there's concerns around its encryption and privacy, but that's one that is really trying very very hard, um, you know, to, to to be this you know encrypted. Uh, email service you know that that does a very interesting open source uh, encryption implementation not exactly PGP uh, then there's two deotata Tutanota, and that's another one where very privacy centric um, I don't think you have to pay for it though there are paid options um, and to some degree that one can work with like whatever domain name you happen to have. Though I haven't really messed with that much, meaning that if I wanted to, like sovereigntech.com, could become a two Tutanota address where it'd be fully encrypted and 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 all of this. But with sovereigntech.com, that's not exactly something uh, that that I'm really shooting for as far as that being a venue for that. Uh, so Tutanota.de is another interesting one to look at. If I think of it, I'll put all these all of these in the in the in the show notes. Um, but that, that covers the bases. I mean, those are, those are the, the, the really, you know, the big ones. Um, like I said, GMX is usually the route, uh, that I go for, for all the reasons that I described uh, earlier. If I need just some kind of bullshit, uh, email address, there is, there is, and some of my audience is okay with this. Some of my audience isn't, uh, if you can get invites for, um, well. <laughs> yeah. riseup.net. If you can get invites for riseup.net, look, you're going to go to riseup.net. You're going to go to their website. I have to say this every time. It drives me nuts that I have to say this every time. Yes, they're going to say if you support capitalism, don't use our services. They're going to wave the red and black flag on you. They are doing more for activists than ju- than I can rarely think I can barely think of an organization doing more for activism around the world, and for anarchism around the world, than RiseUp.net, okay? Uh, People have some concerns over the, you know, there was the whole concern of this was about a year, maybe two ago almost, uh, where, you know, there weren't canary, there was a problem, blah, 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 Uh, even though I think think that RiseUp.net was, you know, ended up coming out of that unscathed, and fine. Um, There's the FBI raid some years ago. I mean, you know, people can have varying problems with this. I get it. But uh, RiseUp.net is an option um, that that you may want to look into. That is a very privacy-centric uh, option and very easy to certainly, well, I mean, any of these are easy to set up with PGP, really. Uh, but that, you know, that's that's a route you can go with that. So those are things to, to look for. Though, again, I'll just say it one more time. The main one I recommend honestly is, uh, is gmx.com. Now the next question was something I was half tempted to actually cover in, um, to cover this in a, in a full on show, um, you know, in a, in a prime episode, but really I don't, I don't know to, to some degree, I don't want to give some of these people like my show as a platform, even if I'm being negative about it. like I, I don't I don't really I don't really want it to become a platform for a lot of these different ideas. But I had somebody asking me about freesociety.com. dot com. okay, um, and i'll I'll read a little bit here uh, from freesociety.com. dot com. This is the website. We are purchasing, this is directly from their website, we are purchasing sovereignty from a government to create the world's first free society. We are exploring ways for the public and interested parties to, par- to participate. Many prominent names in the libertarian world are joining our team. More will be revealed soon. So this is from their, their FAQ. What's this project about? For many decades, mostly libertarians have been trying to create a new country by various methods that have ranged from unsuccessfully claiming an, un- an existing piece of land, uh, Minerva or Liberland, to creating floating structures on the water, seasteading. Unfortunately, none of these attempts have ex- have succeeded so far and have encountered substantial resistance from existing governments or were te- or were technically or financially too difficult our conclusion is that to really gain sovereignty, the most efficient way is to negotiate with an existing government. Uh, all right, so hold on. Uh, Well, all right, let me keep reading. Then, then I'll talk about that. There are many examples of governments granting another nation sovereignty over a part of their territory. The more prominent example being Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, uh, which the USA leased as a coaling and naval station in 1903 for $2,000 payable in gold per year. Other more benevolent examples are the current discussions between the Maldives and other nations to sell them a piece of land in an attempt to have a solution for their people once their islands permanently disappear because of rising ocean levels. Um, I want to read up, you know, I I do want to read more on this, but I want to address a couple things here quick. Okay, so basically, what we have here is we have a, a group of libertarians, slash, maybe ANCAPs, whatever that are interested in purchasing land or even renting land from the government uh, you know, with the purposes of using this land to create libertarian paradise. Okay. Like that, that's, that's the basic gist. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Also the idea that you would buy it from the government. It's like, Oh, well you're still dealing with the government. You're dealing with the terrorists. You're paying land taxes, whatever. Okay. As I've said many times on sovereign tech over the years, You can get 99% of the way to anarchism. You just might have to pay a land tax somewhere. And that's effectively what's happening here is that this is 99% of the way there. You're just going to have to pay off the warlord to leave you alone. All right. So I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I get that. I understand that, too, because, in my opinion, we're never going to have an anarchist planet Earth. It's just never going to fucking happen. Stop. You might as well, like, yeah, go ahead. Whatever that, you know, again, you can get 99% of the way to anarchism. Well, that 1%, you know, you got to pay off the gang there for that. Then fine. I'm not saying taxes are legitimate. I'm not saying it's okay. I am absolutely saying, like, you know, that you're paying off an evil. I understand that. But, you know, let's, and I look, I'm not a pragmatist kind of guy at all. I'm just saying that this is this is, at some point, you're going to encounter that. And if this is how you want to go about it, well, then fine. And you can say, well, but they shouldn't even bother doing that. Well, then what are you going to do with your house? And, you know, this is the one that kills me. This this, this kills me. Look, and I'm not even saying I'm positive towards this. We're not even done talking about this, okay, because I have plenty to say. All right. But I love the people who think that, oh, well, I don't pay taxes. You know, I rent an apartment. My landlord pays the taxes. Well, you're giving the landlord your fucking money. You're paying the taxes. Shut up. Stop that. I've I've literally heard these arguments in New Hampshire where these people think that, oh, I'm not I'm not paying for the war machine, you know, as either either they are, you know, maybe they say, well, I don't I live out of I live out of my car. I live out of my truck or I live out of this, 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 whatever. You know, I live out of this vehicle. And so I don't pay those taxes that go to war. I'm not a part of that. okay well you ever hear of a gas tax? Guess what? It's, it's pretty much fucking everywhere. And you're paying it, you know, when you go to to try to turn on the heat in the car or you drive it somewhere or whatever, um, shut up. You're, you're paying, you're paying for it. I'm not saying like that, if this is all okay, or that I'm, you know, this isn't like an argument of an anarchist giving up and giving in and saying, all right, fine, I'll just pay the gangs or something like that. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I'm just saying that, don't you get on your high and mighty horse talking about this while you're sitting in your house, which you absolutely are fucking paying land taxes on, you know, unless you're being a pauper out in the woods and maybe you're not paying something, you know, out there. But then uh, that's a whole other story. And look, if you're happy out there doing that, then you are happy and Satan bless you and have a great time. OK, uh, my level of happiness, you know, what what makes me happy has certain goals within it or, you know, certain certain requirements, shall we say, within it. Um, And some of that includes, you know, a house that isn't a shack in the woods. And I say that I try to say that without offense. So anyway. I mean, I want to live out in the woods, just not in a shack. Uh, There's some creature comforts that I would care to enjoy. Uh, Okay, so now the next part here. So like the example that they pick out is from fucking Guantanamo Bay in 1903. Go- governments don't think this way anymore. Like, so I I've argued, and and I want to cover more of this. Okay, but but there's a lot of points to break down here. Um, this is something. I mean, like I not not that this is in necessarily what I want what I want would want to do or the scale that I would want to do it. Maybe it's more the question of the scale because, and on a smaller level, this is exactly what I you know what I want to do you know to really achieve liberty in my lifetime, okay, uh, or anarchism in my lifetime. Um. The, the 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 funny the funny thing here is that governments don't think this way anymore. I mean like like governments don't have to do this kind of shit anymore where they sell off plots of land to you or something. I mean if you're thinking back to like 1903 I I, I mean I, like I'm I'm you know I'm very concerned about this but you know in modern times I mean this is something I've recommended. Like like I was about to say like I really applaud them for at least being consistent. I've said for years, being on Sovereign Tech or Free Talk Live, whatever, instead of putting these millions of dollars into like these political action, you know, like CPAC, you know, into PACs or whatever, or a super PAC or something, stop, just stop, buy, you can buy whole cities in like South Dakota. Yeah, I get it. South Dakota, whatever. You could buy whole cities in South Dakota. You buy cities in California. You could buy entire, I mean, huge geographic areas, frankly, in Spain. You could just buy them outright. Now you may not have like a hundred percent autonomy in these areas, which is the difference here. I think that's what they're going for with this is they want to have absolute autonomy within it. All right. But you could, especially if you're more of the political type, Like, you know, buy buy that. There's there's literally cities, cities for sale for like five hundred thousand dollars in South Dakota Buy one of these fucking cities, you know, and, and if you got a few million bucks, well, then you can renovate, I don't know, the local utilities or something. I mean, you can really make some impressive shit happen there, but they don't because it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit like the, the whole, you know, libertarians getting involved in politics. It's all it's all crap. It is an absolute waste of money when you could do either what these guys are doing or you could really do. You could really go and buy one of those fucking cities. And, you know, you could you could put whoever the fuck you want in office. Who are they going to tell you? What is what is the South Dakota state government going to fucking tell you to do, you know, in, in your little your little city? What, that you have to put this guy in in, in office, that you have to put this guy in office? No, it would show that then you would have if that happened, if the state government moved in and said, you have to elect this person, you have to elect this person, you don't have actual control of all this. I mean, it would be the best PR any libertarian group could ever get because you could show that it's all a sham, that you don't actually have control. Even when you buy the entire city, you don't get to put the people in place that you want to. You don't get to do any of that. And and that there is no such thing as a democratic process. Voting doesn't matter. I mean, you would have the best PR opportunity in fucking history, but they never do that because it's it's crap. It's just about lining the coffers of some dumbass elitist libertarians it has nothing to do with about actual with with actual freedom because if they did just go buy the goddamn city or do what these people are doing at freesociety.com mind-boggling to me every single fucking political libertarian is so full of shit if they get anything remotely like a million dollars they, you know, to, to, to fund whatever the hell they're doing, and it happens, you know, Rod, Paul, whoever, okay, th- th- there are so many other things they could do than, than try to deal with fucking Leviathan in Washington. There are so many practical things uh, and far more intriguing and interesting and things where everybody could get involved. That has nothing to do with vo- uh, with voting and would ha- and, you know, would, would do with business and things like this. And yeah, I mean, even like with the Free State Project. Sure. Like, that'd be great. Let's buy up one of these cities in the fucking U.S. or hell in Spain or and, and you know, and, and do the business. Sure. I'm, I'm open to, to that critique, even of the Free State Project. But whatever. Let's uh, let's let, let's let's read on here. So, again, I, I'm not saying that really, you know, the question that was asked me is, you know, what do you think about this? Look, I don't think it's a terrible idea in the abstract. Um, like, I, I, I really don't. And in fact, this is something I've been telling libertarians to do for a long, long time when they've had the money to say nothing about it. Dealing with Bitcoin. We'll talk about that in a second. So uh, let's read on the next thing. Which government are you negotiating with? This is from their 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 fact we have started up preliminary talks with governments and interest is much higher than initially expected for confidentiality reasons. We are unable to disclose any names at this point, but we will do so as soon as we are allowed. Uh, so stallion breaking in. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Spain was on this list, you, you know, just because, like I said, again, you can buy entire entire cities for just a few hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it, it's insane. And the, sure, they're older cities. Fine, use the other millions you got to renovate the goddamn shit. This is really, this isn't hard. I understand the the expenses that go into building up a city, but a lot of this, you know, could really, really be handled. And if you start bringing in jobs in your little libertarian paradise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Governments would play ball with the, with a little bit of experiment, I, th- I think. And especially if they could they could get some kind of a cut out of it, which is effectively what's being you know kind of brokered here, I think. Uh, anyway, let's read on. So what are your selection criteria? Proximity to existing economic powerhouses, U.S., Europe or Asia. Uh, accessibility by water. So that doesn't necessarily close off Spain, but that explains why you're not going for South Dakota. Uh, Located in a safe, conflict-free area. Well, Spain would be in trouble right now. Stable existing government. Uh, Nations with a significant national debt. So, again, that's them admitting, well, you know, maybe this this could actually help out the country. A flexible constitution that allows granting sovereignty. Uh, An acceptable minimum size for the land. What will be the rule of law? Continuing on with the fact, Uh, we plan to establish a rule of law based on libertarian principles and free markets. We don't see the need to recreate traditional government structures. The rule of law slash constitution can be included in the final agreement of the land sale, and we will be an extension and, and will be an extension of the existing contract that will be put in place with the government that granted us the sovereignty. Enforcement will happen through private arbitration, competing court systems, and private law enforcement. It is important to establish a proper rule of law as our project will set an example for the industry and create an important precedent with governments around the world. We want to make sure the constitution is solid, but avoid the inefficiencies of existing government structures. So here's where some of the problems start to come in, right? Because then again, like in one sense, I applaud this in the other. It's like, all right, well, let's be clear here that this is a minarchist paradise. This isn't an anarchist paradise, Um, you know, and, and competing, you know, private law enforcement and all this. I mean, this is just, This is setting off so many red flags in my mind where, you know, I I don't know how well this is really going, you know, going to to work out for them, Uh, but whatever. I'm not necessarily opposed to them uh, trying uh, with this sort of thing, but. Effective, I mean, then they're not really saying how big it's going to be, but it sounds like they want to get some degree of industry. So probably a population in this in the six digits wouldn't be uh, outlandish. But I think you're going to I mean, but that's part of the reason why I think eventually you're going to run into trouble, even with, um, you know, shall we say free market solutions like private year. Well, one could argue whether or not these are free market solutions, but like competing court systems and private law enforcement, things like this uh, I think you're, I think you're going to run into, you know, kind of Hatfield McCoy situations. Okay. Uh, you know, where, when, when you're dealing with this many people, uh, getting involved now that again, that doesn't mean this sort of thing can't exist, uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera, You know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm just saying that you know, yeah, they're, they're, they they want to get away from the inefficiencies of what government offers, and yep, there's something to be said for competition. You know, for creating industries or creating uh, organizations that have to compete with similar organizations, allowing for that freedom. You know, competing court systems, competing private law enforcement, and all this. But there's something to keep in mind, and that a lot of ANCAPs I think don't want to admit, but at the end of the day, I think it's a reality: is that you know, real like like real efficiency say like with insurance companies, which I'm sure would be a major part of this uh, free society uh, that that's being laid out here. You know, insurance companies can't be really efficient. Like, I mean, they can't be 100 percent. I mean, and here's the thing. OK, so you could a business can be so efficient, can become so maybe even automated or whatever. They can become so efficient that they could you know, efficient. If, I don't know what the term I want to uh, use here is uh, they can make them. They could efficient size themselves out of business. OK, that's the point. Is that like like uh, insurance companies, say car insurance companies or something. And this has been brought up on on, on actually past episodes. Of Sovereign Tech. Uh you know, they could come up with the most efficient technologies and whatever else to stop car accidents maybe from happening in their entirety or, you know, or they could automate so much of their process, whatever. They could do so many things that they could effectively like, you know, that they, they they could take themselves right out of business because suddenly, holy shit, everything is just so goddamn safe. Uh, I mean, that, that that could really happen. OK, so. Keep that in mind that. You know, businesses competition does does have its limits. And I think sooner or later, uh, a lot of businesses and industries find out that competition could, you know, really is effectively a race to the bottom and nobody wants to actually get to the bottom. So you're not going to have like this isn't going to be a perfect world situation, Um, but they're being careful in their language. You know, there's not too much, uh, you know, utopian horseshit going on here. So anyway, anyway, if you disagree with any of that, please feel free to message me and email me, and we we can go over. it. Maybe at some point I could have somebody on the show to even like kind of debate some of those points if they really wanted to. Now, after all of that is said and done, um, let's talk about the team. And kudos to them for having the the guts to uh, t- to highlight what the, who, who is actually on on their team here for this uh, you know little liberty for this lib pair this libertarian paradise. Uh, one is. I keep forgetting how to pronounce his first name, Oliver Janssens, who I'm actually I'm not a fan, but I appreciate this guy. This is a guy that has been really crucial in keeping Bitcoin honest over the years. I have read some of his write ups and talked about his work on Sovereign Tech. Uh, particularly a few years ago when I would talk about cryptocurrencies a lot more uh, than I care to now, because now, you know, the cryptocurrency space is largely all scams, Uh, not all scams. There's some legit ones, even some legit new ones, Uh, you know, think, of course, Zcash, Zencash, you know, Monero is legit. You know, there's 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 quite a few of these, obviously, Bitcoin, Litecoin. I mean, you know, these these are legit technologies. Um, Ethereum's not, but, you you know, the the rest that I listed off, you know, are are fairly legit. Um, So we have uh, Oliver Janssen's who he's the founding father, CEO uh, of this whole thing. Obviously, it's going to be run like a corporation because, you know, that's that's the great libertarian dream. Um, And then there's uh, Roger Ver, which. I leave that to you. How you feel about that there that certainly there is quite the split, I think, in the Bitcoin community and in the libertarian community on how they feel about Roger Ver. Um, I will leave that one to you. Uh, a guy I don't know, Stefan Clace, Not sure who that is. Actually, I don't really know any of these other names. I don't know Chris Wagner. Uh, I don't know Daniel Kelman. And I don't know Johan Schott, I believe, is his name. Um, I, I don't know who those who those people are. And and whatever. That's that's fine. So but this is the this is the team involved. Uh, obviously, at least two of these people, you know, that being Oliver and Roger did phenomenal have done phenomenally well with Bitcoin. Um, I mean, they're they're obviously the ones that are going to be doing the buying and they have the ability to fund uh, or I assume they're the ones that, that have the main ability. I mean, maybe these other guys do, uh, you know, to, to fund this entire uh, project. How you feel about that, how you feel about these individuals. I mean, that that's that's something that, again, you know, I'm really I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to leave to you for for you to think about. Um, I don't know. I mean, this I get it. I understand it. Go ahead. Rock and roll. They can have a great time. Uh, this is not my idea of like if I had. If I were just to describe, you know, Brian, what, 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 you know, Stallion, what, what lifestyle, you know, what would make you the most happy? Like, how, what would that look like to you? Um, it wouldn't be this. It, it just, it, it really wouldn't. Um, and and barring like going to outer space, like let's say on Earth, what, and not going into the oceans either, even though sea and and really underwater colonies. I think are, are totally valid things. And particularly the underwater colonies are going to be like that. That's something else that's going to be happening, uh, in the near future, in my opinion, uh, you know, we're going total sequest. (laughs) And I mean, I, I really think that's happening. Um, but anyway, barring those, you know, not, not saying let, let's say that those aren't happening anytime soon. Uh, very simply, you know, really find a place in the woods. Yep going to be paying some kind of land taxes, probably be in the U S okay. And you know, maybe two, three, I don't know. There could be two, three houses, whatever in the area. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in the woods. If, if it's, there might be advantages to certain other areas that are a little more residential, but anyway, find a place like that, that is nearby some kind of, uh, you know, area that maybe has like, I don't know, you know, whatever grocery stores that you happen to, to appreciate. I don't know if it has Target or Walmart, fuck you know, whatever, some, some kind of, you know, brick and mortar, uh, action, at least somewhat nearby. Um, you know, have that and then just have, you know, anywhere from like, hell, it could be two, three people to 10 people. I don't know, maybe even that would be too much, maybe five, six, something like that. Uh, and just, spend our lives. I mean, and, and the advantage of being out in the woods is that, you know, you could do things without the neighbor seeing and just spend our lives, you know, just, just living it up. And yep, pay those little bit of taxes that need to be paid, you know, but do everything else with crypto and everything. And yeah, you're kind of, you know, remora to the state shark of all these brick and mortar stores and whatever's going around in the area. But you do. I mean, and this is, you know, like Hakeem Bey's work of temporary autonomous zones or in this case, permanent autonomous zones. Uh, I mean, maybe if technologies like solar, solar technologies and, um, you know, 3D printing and some of these other things, get to a point where, you know, you could have a lot more self-sufficiency and all that. Great. You know, I'm not necessarily going to bank on that, but you know, if you can just have like the, the emotional freedom, the emotional connections and some of the lifestyle freedom, um, I think with the internet, a lot of entrepreneurial freedom is just, it's already anarchy. It's already there to be had in so many ways. Uh, so, you know, Having a lot of uh, fluidity and and change and um, a variety in your work and a lot of options when it comes to your work. You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that that's a problem. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are listening. Yeah, but I can't do an, I- an ICO now because of the SEC. Don't fucking do an ICO like who the who the hell even said that was a good idea. Um, so. Yeah. You know, I think there's already a lot of entrepreneurial freedom, um, you know, that 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 you can have. Um, I mean, and you can get into other stuff like, oh, you know, get a second passport that we can run away if you want. But then, you know, then you're doing more of a temporary autonomous zone. Uh, but, yeah, that that's the basic gist is just have a place where, you know, people, friends, lovers, whatever, you know, could could live together. And, you know, you just you have a you have a great time um, and you interact with everyday people because that's how it's just going to kind of always be. It's not like you become insular or anything. But when, you know, you're living at, at the house, whatever, you, you know, you, you can express yourselves in the, in the ways that you want that maybe society would judge you. Uh, I mean, frankly, I would love just the ability to walk outside of my house naked, you know, and not have anybody say any shit and have it not be a problem. I mean, I know that might sound stupid to some people, but really, it's it's. It's something that I want. Uh, you know, those those are some of the freedoms I care to express, quite frankly. Again, you might think that that's really low on the totem pole, but but there you go. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, like it doesn't require what's being um And look also to do, to do entrepreneurial efforts, you know, on the internet and everything. Well, why don't you just be a part of society? Because without society, you can't actually, you know, you won't be able to, to do the business on the internet and all this stuff. No, 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 no. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's that's a crap argument, you know, to, to say that sort of thing. Um, Because, I mean, that's like, well, you know, go fucking yell at Apple, go fuck, go yell at all these companies that that deal with the Chinese government, that play ball with the Chinese government. If you're going to, you know, kind of go start going down that road. Uh, A lot of these arguments just don't don't hold up. You know, once once you once you just just change the names and examples a little bit, suddenly you find out, oh, wait a minute, what these people are saying is crap. So yeah th- this is this is just i don't have a problem with them doing this necessarily but it's not a scale that it's not at a scale that excites me I, I like the idea of a much smaller scale uh you know when when it comes to this but you know i'll i'll keep an eye on it we'll we'll see what happens um but again and and I don't know that i necessarily like trust everybody involved with this on on being uh you know that top drawer and that's really where the hard part comes in why doesn't this level of, why doesn't this scale excite me uh because I, I you know, I don't know how many people you could count that I think are really ready for, you know, for anything remotely like libertarian paradise, let alone anarchist, anarchist paradise. Like, I mean, that, that, that can really, you know, handle that and that have the levels of self-responsibility, uh, self-control, self, all kinds of things, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that can make that happen. So. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I don't I don't know how this is going to work. And and I mean, there's a part of me that's almost worried that you know, like private law enforcement, a lot of this other stuff is end up just going to be like literally. It could literally be, and and people are going to think I, I sound nuts when I say this, but I'm not kidding. It could literally be blockchain controlled drones. You know, like, I mean, this is a dream that some ANCAPs have. It's, that was one of the dreams of Ethereum is that, well, how do you enforce this stuff? Well, Vitalik made it very clear. And I don't think he was kidding because I don't know that he knows how to crack a joke. Uh, he, he very clearly said, you know, yeah, we could just control drones by blockchain and, you know, that that could handle everything. Oh, yeah. What a great fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Uh, I mean, drones with weapons on them, you know, I, I don't even necessarily think have a place in any kind of anything remotely like a free society. But that's another conversation for another time. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, bottom line is, is that this doesn't exactly excite me, but go ahead. and And really, you know, to some degree, credit to them for doing what every single libertarian or libertarian ish, a political group should have been doing with all the millions of dollars that they made either off of Ron Paul, Rand Paul, whoever the fuck that they were doing, whatever super PAC that they were running, you know who they are. And they're some of the biggest names that claims they don't, they claim they don't play in politics, but then they're running, you know, PACs, uh, you know, political action committees and whatever else. Okay. Uh, or coalitions, whatever, whatever PAC stands for. Uh, I, I mean, so, so to some degree, like, uh, yeah, like I said, I kind of applaud them, but then at the other end, it's not something that excites me. You know, it's just, it's just not something that, that, that really gets me going. I I have different ideas of, of, I mean, and that's, that's, that's the part of why, I mean, this is why central planning doesn't work because every individual has a different idea of, you know, what their little bit of paradise looks like. So you can't plan that out, you know, and oh, well, the market doesn't have to plan it out. That's the beauty of the market is it just kind of figures it out. Yeah, but It remains to be seen just how free this free market is going to be. I mean, you know, what restrictions are actually going to be put? I mean, there could still be, even though they're claiming they can buy sovereignty. There's a chance that, well, I mean, look at Spain and Catalonia. I mean, bottom line, there's a chance that the, you know, the host government, shall we say, which is the, you know, whatever the federal government in the area that they buy, you know, from uh, buy the sovereignty of that land for uh, that you know, they, they might have various caveats and strings and, and things that interfere with it being a truly free market. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like that that's not something I would want to go around guaranteeing. And I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying, you know, let's be clear here that this might not actually be that. We really don't know until we see it. Uh, so but yeah, go ahead. Fuck. Give it a try. You know what? Whatever. Ha, have a have a great time. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I'm not even going down the fact that literally, you know, everybody on their team, it's a bunch of white guys, not even going there. I said it, but I'm not going to go there Uh, (laughs) because this is the thing like, all right, I'll go there a little bit. This is the thing. Freedom is about a lot more than just economic freedom. Not everything is economics. It just isn't. I mean, and if you think everything is economics, no wonder you're not getting laid because you're just you're just telling this this woman in front of you oh well you know the, come on this is an economic transaction i bought you dinner that means that you know we need to do a fair we you know this should be free market exchange so you're going to give me the pussy i, I mean like the, oh don't don't you know you know there are people out there that talk that way there are fucking caps that say that shit yes they do not everything's economics there are freedoms that need to be explored and expressed. You could say that the free market gives you the best opportunity for that. Maybe. But where is your evidence for that? Oh, you don't have one because we've never had a free market. You don't have that evidence, do you? So that's my point is that when you get to a certain scale, I mean, like, it's very tough to to assure. And this is why I say the earth's never going to be like this anarchist paradise or anything. It's very tough to, you know to, to know that everybody's going to kind of be on board with this, uh, or that, you know, that they're going to be on board with your ideals and reality, uh, you know, and all that. And look, there's no such thing as a perfect world. I'm not saying that there's going to be a perfect world. I'm just saying that for, you know, in smaller groups, you can achieve, I think the bulk of your desires and, you know, that little anarchist paradise. But when you get to, when you start scaling up pretty crazy, you know, to, to much higher numbers, I think you end up running into some, uh, some very real problems. And I think that, I'm just kind of guessing here that a lot of social issues probably aren't being considered at all uh, for this little libertarian paradise. So for me, that doesn't necessarily make it the ultimate you know, that doesn't make it the free society, but if they just want to practice economic freedoms, fine, just make it clear that that's what it's about. Uh, and you know, that way people that look into living say in free society, you know, in the free society, free com that they're talking about, um, they can know not to expect, uh, you know, like like the addressing of social of genuinely uh, th- genuine social issues that need to be addressed uh, in, in the human condition and society at large, uh, I think. But hey, whatever. So give it a crack. Go for it. Um, OK, so I think that that's 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 about as far as I'm going to go uh, with with this week's episode. Uh, again, you're going to get another episode tomorrow that is all about um it's going to be all about the the Monage conference that I went to, and we'll, we'll deep dive um, into a lot of that. Uh, but anyway, got some really, really cool content uh, coming out over the next few days that I'm actually really excited uh, to talk about. And at some point, I'll get to the review of Voltron Season 4. Uh, we'll say right now, though, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Cause that, that just hit, uh, was it last week that it finally, uh, that it finally dropped and there's, there's a whole bunch of, of other stuff, uh, that is, that has come out recently. So anyway, uh, that's it for this episode. Woo. Of course, new sex and science hour will be out dynamite. Sovereign tech lined up. We've got, Oh, we're going to be talking Amazon, Patreon, all kinds of things. I will see you on the other side.